Hi, and welcome to episode 295 of No Crying in Baseball, the timey-wimey in Philly episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. So um, I am a little scratchy sounding because mm. um, those of you in the mid-Atlantic states and the northeast had a bit of a poison smoke incident the past few days, and I have a feeling I breathed a little too much poison, so my throat's been a little scratchy. Oh, really? And um, there are very few people that I can make jokes, this joke with, I sound like Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's like, I'm, yeah. okay, you have to be over a certain age to, to right. get, but. I was going to say, how many of you are in our demographic? <laughs> that's right. Raise your hand if you got yeah. the Brenda Vaccaro joke. But anyway, I'm a little bit, little bit I could say, I could sultry. say. A sultry. A sultry. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, but yeah. Hey, I watched a good O's game today. Did you watch a good O's game? <laughs> so did I. So yes, yes, I did. So we um we we're being visited by who are just right in the other room. So you might may or may not hear them if they get all kinds of giggly, which you know probably won't happen. My uh, Mr. Potty Mouth's sister and her sweetie came down to visit, and at the last minute they said, um, we'd like to see a baseball game, and we noticed that the Nats weren't in town, so we got O's tickets to they'd never been to Camden Yards before, and the the conversation kept centering around it's oh this these tickets cost how much are you serious like so so cheap because they're used to Fenway Mm -hmm. and they didn't understand that we could bring in bottles of water that were bigger than 16 ounces also that you could buy for three dollars outside there really this is it yeah it was just a a big big culture shock and then when we walked around the stadium are you saying that Fenway's a scam uh, mm, mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Actually, I mean, I they they are definitely gouging at Fenway, mm. and that's a bummer because I love Fenway as an as an institution, as a historical place, and as a memory place, and I love the the architecture. I love how they've they've preserved it, but. It's gouging for sure. Yeah, and you, you've gone way off the topic of going to an O's oh, game yeah. today. Oh yeah, and then the look other how thing. that happens. So well, compare comparison. So the the advantages that we all found of Camden Yards was one prices for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, the ability to actually walk around mm-hmm. as opposed to being squished through. Because at Fenway, anywhere you go, you're feeling like you're shoulder to shoulder with everybody. If you mm-hmm. go to get a beer, if you go to get any food. Mm-hmm. It was like there was a very, very long line for ice cream. But besides that, it was pretty manageable Mm -hmm. Um, so that they definitely enjoyed that. And it also has the style and the charm. And we really appreciated that about uh, about Camden Yards. And you also got to see the Orioles, who have the third best record in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah. I, I did watch it on television, and I'm a little bit jealous that you got to see Gunner's uh, three-run home run. It was 462 feet, which it hit, hit Utah Street. Yep. It is the longest home run by an Oriole this season. Yeah, and we had just been walking. We had done a lot of walking around the park, and so we saw all the baseballs out there on Utah Street. They have all these um, baseballs in the pavement for home runs that are hit out there. And so there was, you know, it added appreciation of that home run. And then there was one more that made it to Utah. I think it was. It hit the hit hit the fence. It it would have gone through if the fence wasn't wasn't blocking the the um, the flag court from Utah. It would have gone there, too. All right. We were we were behind home um, in the shade. Nice. So appreciated. Nice. The the other thing that we appreciated about this game was we we explained the whole um, sprinkler celebration, Mm -hmm. which I didn't fully understand. I didn't realize that the the sprinklers didn't go off only for a double and beyond. So if you get a single, it's just turning on the faucet. But then double and beyond is the sprinkler. So I learned that today. 
but there's a, that section which wasn't there at the beginning of the season but is there now where you can voluntarily sit if you want to get wet and today was like almost 90 degrees and that section is in the outfield in the sun and they got so wet so often it, it was the perfect day to be there right so if you sit in the bird bath which is only one section right mm-hmm. next to the bullpen there's a guy named Mr. Splash who's got a hose a and he will hose. a big old hose and he will he will um spray you down for every extra base hit that the Orioles hit and it was a good day for cooling oh, off. So good. So people could totally get into it. Like they, they were floaties and goggles and yes. all kinds of things. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> yep. One day I might do that. Oh hey, more about my um my my sultry voice is three <laughs> three major league baseball games and one Thunderbolts game uh, were postponed for for the uh, the wildfire smoke last week. So yeah. there, there's been some there's some makeup games happening because uh, man, if you saw the photos, if you're not in the neighborhood, it was scary out there. Oh yeah, especially in New York City <laughs> that day was very crazy. On today's show, so much pitcher drama. We've got brother versus brother and the return of Michael Harris. Our police blotter features features the Phillies pitch clock, and we've got a very messy cross training. Cheers. I see what you did there. That was very clever. Hey, thanks for um, saving a, a pride punch. This is yummy. There, it's two weeks in a row. Yeah, there, are, there are a couple more, depending on how the sister-in-law does while we're in here. But uh, maybe we'll get more Pride Punch. But we're going to move from here in a moment. Well, my Pride Punch is over. It's a good thing I'm talking. But I'm thinking by the time I'm finished talking, you'll be finished with your Pride Punch. And we will drink something from Astrolab Brewery in May Silver Springs. Uh, yeah. So that's the, the, we, we have a bunch of Astrolab beer. There will be no more. They went out of business. We are sad. But we will enjoy some Astrolab beer while we can. Well, I bemoan my fantasy baseball pick. So at this point in the show, we talk about our baseball boyfriends, the guys that we picked in the offseason because there's something fun, quirky, unusual, or just, you know, interesting to talk about about these guys. And then for pitchers, we pick a whole flock. And I aptly picked the Blue Jays, which really could be a flock. Sure. Um, for my pitching. And now I'm realizing there are very many reasons why I'm realizing it was a poor pick. One is they're not doing very well. But also, it's really hard for me to cheer for pitching in the AL East because the AL East is so tight. And I'm a Red Sox fan. And to, to want, I can't want the Blue Jays to win right now. Like we were looking at the scoreboard and I felt like, oh shit, my Blue Jays aren't doing well. And then I thought, oh well, that's good. The Blue Jays aren't doing well. Because that means, yeah, better <laughs> things for your real life. Real right, life teams. Right, right, for my for my real enjoyment. Um, but if I didn't pick the best pitching, at least I picked the most dramatic pitching. You sure did. And a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, our booing rules and the decision of booing, not to booing. So this is part two. And also, this is the explanation of why I had to drop a couple of pitchers from my fantasy baseball team. These are, so after we pick our baseball boyfriends, we make a fantasy team. We invite some of you friends to join us in it. It's been a lot of fun. And one of the main reasons why I picked the Blue Jays was because of Alec Manoa, mm-hmm. who go back to episode 284 because there's lots of really fascinating stuff about his background. He had a hard upbringing. There was a lot of abuse. He really overcame a lot of things to become a major league pitcher. He's the guy who stood up for Alejandro Kirk when there was that that fat shaming re- report. He's just he's just seems like a good guy, strong guy. He was last year he placed third in Cy Young voting, but he has not been doing well this year. There is a bug in his head, and in the in the article it was interesting because he talked about the the difficulty of shifting your mentality to saying. 
throw throw a strike instead of don't throw a ball you know so what he's uh, thinking is don't fuck this up but you can't do that you have to envision the strike you have to be like all right i'm throwing a strike now not i have to not throw a ball and it's that mind switch that he's just not wrapping around and so this past week in his outing against the astros he let up six runs on one out before he was oh, pulled. The ouch. poor guy and his ERA balloons to 636. So he gets booed. Mm-hmm. And so this is the point where we talk about, like, he feels like shit. He knows he didn't do well. Yep. You so, don't need to tell him by me. Right. And so the fans to do that. So his his teammate, Kevin Kiermeyer d- did a very good job of, of summarizing NCIB policy, policy which is it hurts. <laughs> I had a, he said, I had a couple of times in Tampa where I had a couple of bad stretches. And trust me, it bothered me more than anyone. And to hear boos, it crushes you. That's exactly what we've been saying. So don't boo him. So they pull him. That not, not only do they send him down, they sent him to the Florida Coast League. Oh, that's so far down. It is so far down. So uh, I, the you one don't of the articles, a letter A in that. Yeah, one of the articles that I read by Keegan Matheson said the Florida Complex League isn't just a step though; it's a million miles away. This is rookie, and they're not even pitching him in games right away. They feel like he needs complete rework. He's going into their pitching lab instead wow. of games to start where they're going to try to figure out what went wrong. I mean, clearly, if he did this well last year, he's got capability in there, and they've got to dissect it. And so um, John Schneider, their their um, their manager, said, you know, no timetable. Yeah, because people are asking how long, what's going to happen, next step. Whenever he's ready, he's ready, he said. Um, and there, so there's been a lot of, you know, report on what happened and the booing situation. And another uh, author, uh, columnist, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star also talked about the fact that, you know, booing him is not helping. Mm. However, he also went one step further into NCIB policy, which is when is it okay to boo? It is okay to boo in cases such as Roberto Asuna, who we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, abusing abuser, uh, Yunel Escobar, and Anthony Bass, who I yeah. will talk about in just a moment. So he said in, in cases like that, when a player does something egregious or offensive or both, it is okay to boo. And I would agree with that, including Anthony Bass. So I had to I had to take Alec Manoa off my roster because he's just because he's not playing and who the fuck knows what he's gonna play. I I don't, you know, dislike him as a person. He deserves to be on my team when he can play major league baseball. However, Anthony Bass is another Toronto pitcher who is now off of my team. And he's a guy that you talked about last week, so you mm-hmm. brought it up because he had tweeted a, um, a video that was basically supporting the boycott of of um, Budweiser and was it Target? Yeah, and specifically Bud Light. It's not Budweiser, uh-huh. it's Bud Light, which I guess is different. Well, the, so the, the, the industries that had come out as with pro-LGBTQ uh, advertising and statements and so there's boycott by crazy people because of that so he had tweeted this apparent support of boycotting businesses important to note he retweeted it which means mm-hmm. he probably doesn't have an original thought in his head right <laughs> exactly exactly so he he took it down and then i got a so we were kind of like 
in in the way you know sort of like wavering like what do we do i take him off last week it wasn't sure that i was going to take him off my team because the blue jays had really come to his rescue and said we are going to address this situation they were going to give him the support to turn this around to do the right thing it seemed like he had an apology that kind of came close to apology rules which is honestly um admitting that you did something wrong and making steps to correct it. And, and one of the points of that discussion that we had last week was that the team laid out what mm-hmm. he needed to do. They yeah. said, this is intolerable. We don't accept this. Here are the things he's going to need to do. And that was important because you don't see that part a lot. Yeah. So I get a message from our, our intern extraordinaire that sent me an article and it said, yeah, I think you should take him off the list. And what the article said was that he despite all this that happened and him taking down the video, that he still stands by his, quote, personal beliefs. Oh, oh, oh. And he said all the wrong things, all the wrong oh, things. Oh, so but many wrong things. he took down the video because it was a distraction. And he didn't believe that the video was hateful. And oh. he did the, 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 I can see how people were offended kind of thing, which oh. is the wrong thing to do. I can see how people would view it that way. And that's why I was apologetic. So oh, that's not admitting no, I did something. Oh, that's very different than the public apology was. Oh, no. Yeah, not not okay. Not and, okay. And, and, and the whole personal belief thing. So the Blue Jays rehab plan. So bless the Blue Jays. This is where I think they tried almost a little bit too hard that they were trying to do the right thing. So the first thing they had him do was meet with the executive director of Pride Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that... It seems like, you know, he must have been a little bit uncomfortable at that point. They had a discussion. Out of the chat came the plan for him to catch the first pitch on Pride Night. So he had been being booed, understandably, and and I would approve. Mm-hmm. Fans had been booing yes, him. Yes, boo-worthy for this. sure. Yeah. But for him, as his first step of repentance to be catching the first pitch on Pride Night, I don't think he had made it to that level yet. He didn't deserve that honor because that's an honor. Yeah, absolutely. It should be an honor bestowed on someone who has earned it, not a, see, I can be better than you thought. That's not the right, that, that's not the right thing. For, that's not the right opportunity yeah. to show that. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next he, year. If he had turned it around. Um, the GM, Ross Atkins, said that the apology was sincere. A junior potty mouth had, had a very good point where that they could have just beamed him at that point. A day later, he was DFA'd before Pride Night. Mm-hmm. Probably, well, Atkins said performance was a large part of the decision. They said for baseball reasons. Mm-hmm. But he did admit that distraction, distraction, mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how you're going to phrase, phrase it, was a small part of it and something that we had to factor in. So his ERA was up to 495. He had some baggage. They did try to trade him, but nobody wanted to take this mess. And uh, bless Foolish Baseball on Twitter via, again, Junior Potty Muff gave me the heads up on this, that the man was worried about the wrong acronym. <laughs> so, which, which acronym? So instead he was of worried about the LGBTQ acronym instead of the, the ERA. DFA. Oh, the DFA. <laughs> the DFA okay. is what I think. Got it. So he deserved the booze. So not a baseball boyfriend, but also Another fuck up with pitching with a team that is near and dear to my heart. The Red Sox follow suit-ish. So Chaim Bloom is really um, not in in many people's favor these days. He's been just fucking up all around just, just logistically and strategically. So I'm just wondering if he is clueless or stupid or evil 
with what happened regarding relief pitcher Matt Dermody. So two years ago, that's not a long time. And, and back when we talked about Trey Turner's tweets, homophobic tweets that they uncovered, they were more than two years, It right? was back when he was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy... Which doesn't excuse it, but right. there, there is more distance. Yeah. All that is is more distance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not excusable. Something you still have to deal with. We know plenty of high school kids who are not tweeting homophobic things, but... Like most um, of them, really. Yeah, yeah, really. The good ones, definitely. Um, but this guy two years ago, two years ago tweeted, and I quote, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will go to hell. This is not my opinion, but the hashtag truth. Oh, hashtag truth. Read, uh, and, and do we say for, I, First Corinthians? You, you, you can say First Corinthians or One Corinthians. Okay. Either one's fine. I did, I, and <laughs> ironically, 6-9. Um, may we all examine our hearts. You didn't just giggle about it. Of course I did. You're 12. Uh, yep. <laughs> may we all examine our hearts, ask Jesus to forgive us, and repent for all our sins. I love you all in Christ Jesus. So it, the full quote is important. Some, some of the reports have cut it off after the Corinthians part. But his defense, he did take it down. But his follow-up is, I'm not homophobic. As stated in my tweet, I have love for all. And you know I'm not homophobic because I say so. So right. it must be true. Right. So that I love you all part, sort of, he's saying, washes off that first part about rotting in hell, right? Love the sin or hate the sin. Mm. It's not uncommon. Yeah. So Chaim Bloom, initial reaction was, quote, it was really important for us that he understood that he made a mistake. And he was clear with us that he did. Okay. So it's, it's again, that's the level of understanding a mistake that, oh, I did something that got me in trouble, not I did something that, that is, is inherently in wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and hateful. And hateful. Um, they did not know about it when they signed him in their defense, but they did know about it in spring training. Yeah. So the issue is that because he had deleted the tweet before they signed him, they're vetting didn't uncover it, which means that they need better vetting. Bloom said, a quote, I talked to him personally about it, and what he told me is that it really came down to two things. One, he didn't realize that his words would be hurtful. So again, no fucking oh. excuse. Oh. Not that, should, you shouldn't even fucking say that, because that just means you're stupid. You're saying something hurtful um, and, and really damaging to other people, and you didn't realize it. Don't, don't even say that. And he didn't want to hurt anybody. And then he realized that they were, he took the post down. That those people um, were hurt? Yeah, when okay. he realized that other people were hurt. Alex Cora said, um, obviously not too many people agree with the Tweet of Mats. I'm not I love Tweet of Mats. Yeah. <laughs> that that <laughs> makes it like Book of Mormon, Tweet of Mats. <laughs> sure. I'm not here to tell him what to say or do. Yes, you, yes are. you are. Yes, you are. This is one of your players. You tell him, if you don't realize that this is horrible and hateful and homophobic, you say, you don't do this. You are there to tell him what to do. But anyway, he says, one thing for sure, and this is a, a teeny, teeny, teeny no, bit of redemption. When you put this uniform on, what we want is for people to be inclusive. So he started last Thursday. Luckily, he sucked against Cleveland. He gave up the first three runs, and then they brought in Kluber, who gave up seven more. They lost to Cleveland. Important thing about that is Jose Ramirez hit two home runs off of him and then one off of, of Corey Kluber. Holy so he had a three-home run game, which is uh, it's historic rare. for the Guardians. I think I, I can't remember what the number is, but there's maybe like 10 Guardians who have had a three-homer game. So right. that was pretty impressive for my former Guardians boyfriend, Jose Ramirez, and also um, that little extra joy because he, he gave it to the bad guys. <laughs> so at this point, and shit, I didn't include this in my notes, he has been 
sent either sent down or DFA'd. I need to look this up. I really think it was DFA'd. I think I did not finish my notes. Pride night for the Red Sox is coming up on Tuesday. So the idea of him being would have been able to have pitched on that night is just kind of gross. But I think he is off now as uh, the way of the Blue Jays. And it's, again, just a little bit way too little too late on the part of Chaim Bloom. Like he should have done something in spring training. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So two things about that. Yes, they need to have better vetting. How do you not check somebody's social media as far back as it exists? But also you need a better manager because any manager, I mean, any agent, by manager, I mean agent, sports agent worth their salt will scrub the heck out of your social media when they get ready to take you on. So this won't happen. It's not going to scrub your brain to change how you think about things, but it will scrub the evidence of things you've done in public, which will get you in this kind of trouble. So two, there were two things there. There was the bad vetting and then there was um, poor, poor execution by whoever his agent is. Absolutely. And I just clicked on one of my links and yes, he was DFA'd. So that is gone. And I'm really hoping that teams just fucking wise up. I mean, for this to happen during Pride Month, too, two times over is kind of like, hello? Well, that's when it comes to the fore. I mean, that's that's when people pay right. more attention. Good point. Um, not that they shouldn't be paying attention all the time, <laughs> right. but this is when there's more of a laser focus. Like, you're yeah. going to focus on this person? Check them out. What What is the real story here? Yeah. I do want you to know that I used the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as the trivia question for Friday night's game. Oh, with how'd that go? The, I had two people with the right answer. Nice. But I got to say what organization did the Dodgers invite, then uninvite, then reinvite, blah, blah. And that just made me happy to say that. But I had two people who got it. Wow. Um, just two, though. A related note, I asked about Domingo Herman and his 10 day, his ten game suspension mm. for hands, which are the stickiest I've ever felt. Nobody got it right. No, really? so Two people guessed a different Yankees pitcher, but nobody guessed Domingo Herman. And I got to believe that was a really easy Google. I was going to say, don't people come with cell phones? They do. Game? And I did say it was an AL East pitcher, and I said it was recent. So I... I in the past, I've tried to Im- intimidate people and say, don't Google this. But there are some things that you just mm-hmm. have to. And I, I'm a little bit disappointed yep. by that. But no anyway, intimidation needed. M- my pitcher drama is less dramatic in that it is completely about baseball and not about all the mm-hmm. things that make the person who they are. Jacob deGrom, who was one of the reasons I picked the Texas Rangers as my pitching flock, you may know he only had six starts this year, which is the first year of his five-year $185 million contract before he went out because of elbow inflammation. We mentioned last time he was going to do a little weekend at home while his his wife gave birth. I didn't see any information about that, but now he's back. Like, oh, look, this Mm. MRI is showing extensive damage. You're going to have Tommy John surgery. You're going to miss the whole rest of the season. Even without Jacob deGrom, the Rangers have the second lowest ERA in all of Major League Baseball, it's 3.13. Also, this is like the only category I'm doing well in <laughs> in the Fantasy League because I yeah. have the, the the Texas pitchers. So I'm also second place there. So that's that's kind of exciting to me. One of the reasons they're doing so well is Nathan Ovaldi oh, has ouch. really become their ace. Yet he's also behind John Gray, another Rangers starting pitcher in the top 10 ERA, the lowest ERA in in all of Major League Baseball. So this is the category, even with Jacob deGrom not 
playing the rest of the season where I'm weirdly doing pretty well. And every Red Sox fan is so pained to not have Evaldi. He really was I'm okay so with that. fucking stupid I'm okay to with let that. him go. Let's move so on. Ridiculous. So your old boyfriend, Andrew McCutcheon, today hit his 2000th career hit, did it in Pittsburgh where it all started Aww. for him. He is the fifth active player to reach a 2000th career hit. And these guys are so famous, I could just do the share thing. I could just do the first names. The other four are Miggy, Joey, Nelson, and Elvis. Wow. Yeah. Elvis, really? He yep. is that many. He's been around that long. So sometimes part of this is longevity. Yeah. Guys who really stick it out in the league that long are going to get that far, but and also. All baseball boyfriends. I have Miggy and, and Joey, and you have Nelson, Nelson and, and Elvis. Elvis. It's that? true. Look at that. Look at that. Hey, Michael Harris, who I was really excited about having as the baseball boyfriend hey. this year because he was the rookie of the year last year for the Atlanta team, has had a terrible season so far. He was out for three weeks in April for a back situation, came back, and then he injured his knee, which didn't send him out on the IL, but he had to wear this really cumbersome knee brace while he played. So you know that's going to slow things huh. down. Coming into Wednesday's game versus the Mets, he had a, a, an average of 163 and an OPS of 490. These are not rookie of the year numbers that anybody mm -hmm. was expecting. But that game versus the Mets, he had his first three-hit game of the season. He hit a go-ahead 443-foot home run, which is the longest of his career. And then the next day, he had two more hits. So my re my reaction is, of course, it's going to be against the Mets. The Mets have been having the worst yeah, the hapless of Mets. luck. So bad. So, yeah, that's very messy. I want to talk about Tristan Casas because okay. you were very worried that your dad was upset. He, yeah. About, you know what? He's okay. Okay. Tristan's doing great. Bob, it's going right. to be fine. I got to call dad. Yeah, Tristan had, he scored this past week. This past week alone, he scored two runs. He had six hits, including his seventh home run, and his OPS is 962. Oh. He had three, count them, three multi-hit games this week. Tristan's fine. I got to call dad. Call dad. Right. He needs to feel better about this because Tristan is okay. I am definitely overdue for calling dad. Uh, just a cute little thing about a current boyfriend of mine who I was cheering for today, Ramon Urias, and he did mighty well for me today. He had like three doubles. He did super well. And his brother, Luis, is a former boyfriend of mine. He's on the Brewers. Finally, for the first time, they faced off against each other this uh, June 6th through 8th three-game series at the aptly named, I thought this was really good for the Brewers, the American Family Field. Yeah. So what better place for two brothers to face off against each other but Family Field? It's American Family Field, so I kind of feel like you should do a little quick rename for the Mexican Family Field. Um, they could have faced off previously. I mean, they've, they've both been up for a while. Last year at uh, Camden Yards, but Luis, yeah, Luis was the one who was injured. And actually, he just made it back for this. He came back off the IL the day before the series. Um, they almost played together in the World Baseball Classic, but Ramon was rehabbing from an injury at the end of the year last year. So look back to episode 277 for more information about the Urias brothers, uh, including that when they, they did face each other when they were in the minors, and it happened on Father's Day mm. in 2018. I feel like we're very close to Father's Day. They could, sure. like, it's so close, sure. so close. You didn't mention how well Ramon did. And I think part of that might be because if Luis really did just come back from the IL, which I wasn't aware yeah. of, he didn't. Ramon more than once hit balls right past his brother. Oh, right past his brother for singles. Ramon did great. Luis, not so much. But now I'm going to write it off as just coming back from the IL. But okay. Ramon did great during that series. Ramon. Ramon. Yay. 
That's the only time I can almost roll my R's is sometimes when I cheer for Ramon Urias. So many R's. So many R's, so little time. Our police blotter this week is about the pitch clock at the bank, at about at Citizens Bank Arena, where the Phillies play. On Monday versus Detroit, Aaron Nola had 12 Ks. He pitched great. 12 Ks. But two of them were because of pitch clock violations by Detroit, which got the third strike. And he was pissed about that. He was saying, that's not how it's supposed to work. I want to earn these. That's an interesting, like, side topic mm-hmm. is, like, how that affects stats for, real? for pitchers. Well, wow. to, this is going to snowball a little bit because many of the Phillies players and some visiting players have noted that the pitch clock at the bank, the home pitch clock for the Phillies, feels faster than the pitch clock in other places. That's weird. But they've – okay, so there's two things. One is they've counted – through this past Wednesday, there were more violations at the bank than any other ballpark. By both teams? Yeah, like, more violations okay. total okay. at the bank than than issued at any other ballpark in all of Major League Baseball. Hmm. But it might be, I mean, time is time. You got to, right. but, but it is automated. So it could be that there's something that's speeding it up a little bit. But there's thought that it may be that the person controlling the clock might be starting it a little bit too okay. soon. So... Major League Baseball said, oh, we're going to review this. We're going to review this. I don't know if they have and ignored it or what. But mm. it got, at, at that time, at that time, in this first article I read about Monday, mm-hmm. about Monday, with Aaron Nola and all his all his case, he admitted that he threw out a couple balls. Like, you know how you, the pitcher says, oh, I don't like this ball. Right. Time out. Get me a new one to slow the pitch clock down. He admitted uh-huh. that, right? Uh-oh. So, yes. That's on record. Right. And oh, then it came shit. back and bit him on the butt on Saturday, when the Phillies manager, Rob Thompson, was ejected in the sixth inning versus the Dodgers because Aaron Nola, who was starting again, mm-hmm. threw asked for a new ball, threw out the old ball, waited for the new ball, but the home plate umpire did not stop the clock and restart the clock. He oh. let it run. And what the crew chief said, they 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 the umpire said, he's clearly doing this as a stalling technique. Which, again, clearly doing this yeah. is whack because all of these things, all of these pitch clock things and the sticky versus tacky, they're still all subjective. Mm-hmm. They're not, there's not a, here's exactly when we call this. So the crew chief, Bill Miller, said to the reporters, it's up to the umpire's judgment, if any, judgment, right? If mm-hmm. any player at any time is attempting to circumvent the pitch clock regulations. And freaking Aaron Nola said so on record yeah. for Monday's game. So everybody read it. So they're going to pay attention to that. And he did, in fact, throw out the ball a bunch of times to get a new one. And But also, maybe they should look at the fact that the, the numbers are showing that yeah. that pitch clock is not the same at the bank as it is everywhere else. And the Phillies are saying, hey, we play 81 games away and 81 games at home. That's 81 games with a pitch clock that's faster than anybody else right. has to face on a regular basis. I thought that's fascinating. So I'm quite curious to see if anything comes of that. It's just fascinating to see so many ways that they're figuring out to circumvent the pitch clock. Oh, sure. You know, with, yeah. the, with the batter with the one foot out and, and mm-hmm. getting set up. I don't know. We'll see what happens. To be continued. Flinching is real, people. I was teased mercilessly by Junior Potty Mouth and any number of people in the Thunderbolts press box last season because I, when I'm announcing, there are two times when I flinch at a pitch. 
Now I'm in the press box, which is up above the stands. I'm behind the netting, behind home plate, and I'm in the press box with the window open. So I'm indoors, mm-hmm. based with an open window. Nothing is going to hit me, right? I flinch with an inside pitch because I'm worried the batter's going to get hit. And I flinch when someone fouls the ball back over the plate. It's coming at me, which is going to get caught many, many, many yards in front of me by the netting, but I still flinch. Well, it turns out that even if you are pretty well protected, you can still get beaned. On Saturday night, Justin Turner fouled a ball off of the forehead of the Yankees radio announcer, John Sterling, who kept his composure so well that while he was calling the pitches, he said, ow, 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 the count remains three and two. (laughs) He did not have to go on the IL. He only had to have a Band-Aid. But you know what? Had he had more of a flinch instinct like I have, Mm -hmm. he might have gotten out of this unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. Go go figure. Like, I, I... didn't realize there was an IL for broadcasters. Well, you know, I don't think there's you a know. separate one, but I it could be, it could be. But you know, I I feel this as you know, with the 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 announcer bond that I have with John Sterling, who I've never met. I, mm-hmm. I totally get you. Just flinch more. Don't don't. Doesn't matter if people tease you. Just flinch more. Right. And and my heart goes out to him, even though he's an Yankees announcer that nobody should have to deal with getting hit by a foul ball. And and just Justin Turner is such a nice guy. I'm sure he he felt felt all bad about it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So this past week, Lionel Messi, amazing global soccer player, has signed with Inter Miami in the MLS. So he has signed with a United States Soccer League team instead of raking in a bazillion dollars in Saudi Arabia. So so um, Christian Ronaldo is making a billion dollars in Saudi Arabia. And it seemed like Messi was going to go there because his current contract with Paris Saint-Germain is is ending. And there was a question about, is he going to Saudi Arabia and going to make a bazillion dollars? Or is he going to go back to Barcelona, which is his, his team where he had most of his success and where he's loved? And no, instead, he's going to Miami. And we had fun in Miami. Miami's sure. a nice place to be. It's not, you know, b- making a bazillion dollars. Inter-Miami is owned by David Beckham, another uh, renowned international soccer player. And Beckham apparently sort of courted Messi to come to Miami. So the money situation has gotten a little bit fuzzy about he's not making on the table the bazillion Saudi Saudi Arabian dollars, which was like over $400 million a year. Like, I, I don't even understand these numbers. Like, what is $400 million There's a so year? many zeros. There's it's so made up. It's made up money. fucking money. So the money he's going to be making in Miami is kind of fuzzy money because he has some salary, which is a lot, but he also has bonuses and equity with the team. And also there's some profit sharing deal with Adidas and Apple. And the reason why Apple is Apple is the broadcast uh, partner for Major League Soccer. Clearly, Messi's addition to Major League Soccer is going to balloon uh, viewing. Uh, People are just going to become super, super interested. Kind of like what happened with David Beckham came over. So when his European and he actually I think he was playing for Madrid, which is the um, the rival of Barcelona. Uh, when he left Madrid and came to MLS, it was another like, wait, what is happening? You know, this soccer star who's been playing in these elite leagues is coming to this up and coming kind of soccer league MLS, uh, LA Galaxy. And part of the deal, though, when he came over was that he would be able to start his own MLB franchise, which he did with Miami. So he, in turn, went and is trying to sort of keep this going and recruited another absolute star. 
By the way, David Beckham, you might remember, married Posh Spice. Yeah, he's Mr. Mr. Posh. Mr. Posh, right. Yeah. They are still married. Which you know is, what? A lot of people probably would not have predicted that. Absolutely. I didn't care deeply enough to make a prediction either way, but that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. And and, and also interesting, they got married on the 4th of July. I don't know why, but uh, 24 years Cause ago. Because darn it, they're American now. They're, they're, I'm sorry, yeah. they're American now. Yeah, yeah so here they are. So Messi is coming to America, which is just, it kind of blows my mind. It's, it's, I think it's the equivalent as if Mike Trout went to play baseball in Argentina. So Argentina does have baseball. You know, it's not. They're, I they're, feel the air quotes when right. you say baseball. <laughs> right. right. My friend Santiago played baseball in Argentina. <laughs> like he played for a team there. Uh, so I think that it's, you know, like I, kind of rec league level. And here he comes to MLS, you know, compared to the Champions League in Europe or compared to the the bazillion dollars Saudi Arabian League or compared to him winning the World Cup with with Argentina for him to come here and play for Miami is just a big, uh, a big change. And we'll we'll see what happens. So, of course, ticket sales are going berserk. And I I did this like even me. I looked up, oh, is he coming to D.C.? And I looked as when's Miami coming? Miami's coming to D.C. July 8th. But his debut is probably going to be around the end of July, July, around uh, July 21st. Despite that, people are buying record num- amounts of tickets in D.C., even though it's, it's like 99 percent clear he's not going to be he's not going to be playing. They've bought 3000 tickets since the announcement here for D.C. United. So power to the D.C. United folks for for getting to have, uh, you know, more people come. Yeah, in. I think that this. OK, so ticket sales for sure. Anytime Miami is in town or for all the home games for Miami. But I also think people are going to buy a whole slew of new jerseys. Oh, yeah. Are they jerseys? What are they called? I, I don't know. Soccer, I think I don't soccer know. jerseys. I think they're jerseys, but you, you know, know what I mean. Yeah. Mr. Pottymouth actually, well, he had he had a messy jersey. So we went to Argentina. I'm going to do the math really fast. It was about 15, 16 years ago. So Messi was a young upcoming player at that point, but already, you know, a superstar. Mr. Pottymouth got an Arge- a Team Argentina messy jersey. But the the lettering on the back was not high quality. And so after a very short amount of time, it became mess. It was not messy. It was just mess. And then then we retired the shirt. But this is going to make a lot of money for the whole league, for all of MLS, not just Miami. So this is a big deal. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he just wanted better weather than Saudi Arabia because that's that's some money to turn down. Yeah. But again, how much money do you need? And, and I think that's what it comes down to. Like, how many millions do you need? He's going to be making multiple millions like of three. dollars. Can I have three? <laughs> right. I would, one would be fine. Well, I, I have a like, lot of charitable interests. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Right. But but for those of us who are never going to make a million dollars in a year, like for people to be talking about multiple millions that's is crazy just talk fucking bizarre it's so hard and and Lionel Messi actually like if you don't know about him look into his background history because he came from very very modest means and was a a small kid growing up like not your typical athletic build like nobody could imagine that he would have become the star that he is today so power to him so how does this relate to baseball well glad you asked that question 
everybody in Miami is all excited about this, including the Marlins. And, you know, soccer is just number one sport in most Latin American countries, probably all. I just haven't done the research, so I'm not going to say that outright. So they're, the Miami Marlins have put out a welcome video sure for they Messi did. to come to Miami. There's the first pitch. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. You were right. That is yep. going to be so cool. Yeah. So it's their international players. But interesting. So the first one in the video is Yuli Gurriel. And they're all holding up Marlins Messi jerseys. So ah. it's a Marlins jersey with Messi on the back. Jazz Chisholm. But Bermuda, right? Yes. So yes. he says in, it's the whole thing is in Spanish. So he also adds in Spanish, like "Welcome Messi" or Bahamas? whatever it is. And Bahamas. 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 That's it. That's Sorry. It. Yep. 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 One of those lovely B islands. Um, and Luisa Reyes, who is skirting batting four hundred, like record breaking year, also you know welcoming Mr. Messi. I also noticed in the sort of press around this that Messi does not speak English. Oh. And that some people are saying that maybe he needs to learn. So, oh, I know someone who could help him. I do too. I'm gonna. I would love you to do go something to about that. Miami, and dear Miami. Oh. Sorry, Mr. Dear Party Mr. Dear Mr. Beckham. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to help your newest acquisition. Yeah. Yes. To help so he feels more welcome mm-hmm. when he comes to this country. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should do that. Right. I, I think that's great. All expense paid, paid trip to Miami. Sure. Sure. We have a we have an Airbnb we can stay in. Hey, okay. So our fantasy baseball league, the first five are rock solid. They've been rock solid from week to week. Crazy. Bono's boyfriends. I'm stuck behind Bo's A's suck. <laughs> Andres, Andres, and Adelise and all that jazz and the set it and forget it kids still. But we shake it up as we get below that. Last week, if you remember, Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth were tied in sixth place. But this week, the Short Kings have broken up that tie. So Potty Mouth is at six and the Short Kings at seven. And then Mr. Potty Mouth's wicked awesome team at eight. Karen's hanging tough with the not so awesome team at nine. And the <laughs> so Sunny Slammers awesome, have taken a commanding league over me. Um, shoving Patty's commission team way down to 11 and late Fasapa holding up number 12. Yeah, so wicked awesome. I am a little nervous about Mr. Potty Mouth's team because he beat everybody at the punch and got Ellie de la Cruz mm. today. So I'm like, ah. That was super smart. Fuck. It was very smart. But it's only one sad. player. Yeah, it is. What's going on this week? So for those of us who work in the public school system, It's a very exciting week, or at least in this area, because the end is in sight. Friday is our last day with children. And, um, well, you know, most of them are bigger than me, but but still, still, they're they're younger. And in my program, they're all adults, but still, I call them children. Anyway. They're way younger than us. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get, I would not get rid of, that's nasty. That's terrible. I I don't have to, I, I, how do I say this? I don't know. What are you going for here? I, that I don't have to see them anymore (laughs) for a couple months after this Friday. I love these kids so much. It will be really nice to just have, I think they want a break from me as well. So anyway, I start celebrating, even though Friday is our last day with the kids, uh, we need to do a professional day to like clean up and get all our shit done. And you would think that it usually is the day after the kids last day, but the kids last day is on a Friday. And so you'd think ours would be on that Monday, but Monday is now Juneteenth. So our professional day is on Tuesday. And I'm really wondering how many people are going to make it back. Wow. And how many people after are just going to After a long weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I am announcing between one and two games for the Thunderbolts this Woo-hoo. week. I was scheduled for Wednesday, but as I mentioned earlier, the 
the uh, poison air delay oh. for one Thunderbolts game may be scheduled for Tuesday, which means I may be doing two in a row with my Brenda Vaccaro voice. So we'll see <laughs> how that goes. But I just wanted to tell you a nice thing. Last year, Potty Mouth and many, many other people were giving me crap for whenever I announced we got rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were rain delays. Right, there were right. full on rain outs. And it was so much rain. Uh, so much rain often when I announced. I've announced twice so far, and the Thunderbolts have won both in blowouts, Wow! which I wasn't really thinking about until one of the actual players himself Mm -hmm. came up to me and said, can you announce all the time, please, because you're good luck. So I noticed that after your first announcing, because your first announcing came after two painful losses, Mm -hmm. like big painful losses, and then you announce, and they like totally turned it around. They they won with Mercy Roll. Yeah, Yeah, they won big. It's nice to see that they did it again. Yeah, so, you know, I am am knocking on everything just to make that go. But it was nice to hear that from somebody because I'm I'm really only used to the booing. Oh, no. (laughs) And I I was happy to hear the positive, the yay, can you announce all the time? So that made me happy. Please go see your local collegiate baseball league plays. They're probably at a local high school or a boys and girls club. It's going to be inexpensive to get in. Your kids can run around. You're going to see the stars of tomorrow. Hey, Matt Mervis, who is a former T-Bolts player, hit a giant home run for the Cubs this week. We're pretty excited. So one of our alums did really well this week. And it's fun to watch these guys. And you can say, hey, yeah. I, I sort of knew them when. And you know what? Oh, hey, um, we, had a, we had a star sighting. We had a star sighting. Braden Holpe, the uh, Stanley Cup winning goalie from, the, from the Caps, was at our game the other day. But you know why? Because he's a dad and his kid <laughs> plays baseball for one of the assistant coaches for the Thunderbolts. So he brought his kid to see his coach's team. That's great. Which was really cool. It's like, wow, you're famous. But look, you're sitting in these tiny little seats with everybody else just yeah. being cool. So that was great. So you never know who you're going to meet in the stands. Mm-hmm. If you got to be home, see if your your team has a has a radio station because I know our broadcast guys are really fun, and I bet yours are too. So please give give them a listen. That's very fun. If you have friends or family you think might like to listen to us talk about baseball, please let them know about the podcast. If you can leave us a rating or review, that helps us a whole bunch. I know you're going to have corrections. I know it. So how do people find us? Oh, I will field those with glee. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, or No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to throw us like a buck a month, that's really, you know, the, because we have several other people doing a buck a month, the, there's just power in the numbers. If you can do that, it would really help us. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash No Crying and B-Ball throw us a buck you could you could throw two if you want and you can see what kind of incentives that we are trying to put out there just to encourage your support please fight the man it's the right thing to do send your game balls to meredith and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth That's okay. We're, we're, we're adorable all the time. Uh, all adorable. Something else all, all the time. time.